Welcome to the hunt. Hey yo, the paranormal hotspot for all things spooky. Amen. I'm Brick. I'm Chisha. Happy 13 days of Halloween. Hello. What are we talking about today? Talking about exorcisms today. Interesting. <laughs> I absolutely hate stories of possession. I love it. Um, the Watseka Wonder is a unique one, though. I do like that story. You like that one. Yeah. That's a good possession. Those are few and far between. It is. But yes, for sure. In case you and... don't know what an exorcism is, I'm going to tell you what it is. Okay. An exorcism from the ancient Greek. I don't know how to just say any of this. Okay. Greek, nothing. Um, but it means binding by oath. Oh, oh, that's not at all what I would think exorcism means. In the religious or spiritual practice of evicting demons, jinns, or other malevolent spiritual entities from a person or an area that is believed to be possessed. Depending on the spiritual beliefs of the exorcist, this may be done by causing entity to swear an oath, performing an elaborate ritual, or simply by condemning commanding it to depart in the name of a higher power the practice is ancient and part of the belief system of many cultural religions mm-hmm. it it's pretty much shows up in every religion oh yeah christianity christianity yeah. buddhism hinduism islam judaism and Sikhism. i have that it dates back three thousand years yeah which is ridiculous it's crazy it's been around as long as we have folks so i got a lot of my information from a show called the unexplained with william shatner okay and i like it because it makes me feel less scary about it because it's william shatner (laughs) okay to be scared yeah you know it yeah (laughs) but i've got some pretty interesting stories here from that show you got some stories i got two different stories i kind of looked into like um i like leaned into like the religious this is perfect this is really good, then. Oh, like really, really good. How, like, because when I saw that, like, it was like in like all these other ones, like, oh, well, how did you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Because the two stories that I have are two different, very different religions. Oh, okay. Well, shoot, pop off. Yeah, let's go. Let's hear a story. Well, the first one, Catholic. So this is your generic one. But oh, and this was when I was researching this. This is when my candle kept going out too. Oh yeah. So <laughs> okay, so it's not gonna be on our other episodes. Well, maybe no. No, I don't think about other episodes, but so we're recording this September seventeenth. Okay, we both have been um seeing shadows. There's weird stuff going on. Lots of um orbs. Um, things have been weird. We both we in our researching of the week prior to recording, we both have gotten the feeling like we shouldn't be we shouldn't be researching these things because we are getting close to october but the spiritual realm line has been very thin regardless right now Mm -hmm. and so we both just kind of uh yeah but yeah anyway (laughs) it's a very exhausting time yeah (laughs) understatement so (laughs) this was a very recent case of possession recent I say recent. It's from 2012. Okay. Recent enough. Yeah. Recent-ish. You think, I mean, I don't know. For me, I think of exorcism as like, as like old. Yeah. Because it don't... is a really old ritual. Yeah. And I don't really think of it as like. I mean, it does happen a lot nowadays too. It, mainly yes. in other, not so, I don't think it happens too much in America anymore. But I think in a lot of like other countries and stuff, it happens. This is an American story. Quite frequently. Yeah. Or it's, or I should say it's more, um, what is it, uh, publicized in other cultures. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, in other cultures, oh, yeah. a lot of them. Well, they're a lot more accepting of the idea of demons than here, American culture is. Yeah, and in American culture, it's very much hush-hush. You don't tell anyone that someone will have an exorcism if they right. need one. So this happened in Gary, Indiana. 
a woman by the name of Latoya Ammons and her three children moved to Gary, Indiana. That name in, sounds familiar. You may have heard this story. Okay. Okay. In November 2011. Because this story, I'm pretty sure, made national news. Okay. Okay. Um. So, yeah, she moved into this house with her three children in 2011. My left foot is tingling again. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> um. Strange things were happening at the house they moved into. They would hear weird noises. Uh, swarms of flies would appear. They'd hear footsteps on the stairs. They'd see shadow figures. There would be muddy footprints on the floor. That one gets me. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, no. So, um, Michael Meyer is not my ass. Right? <laughs> That'd be horrifying. I'd be scared. That'd be horrifying. Let me make you think of Michael Myers. I don't know why. Okay. See, I, I kind of get it. Okay. <laughs> uh, one of her boys would often talk with an imaginary friend. Well, how old's the boy? Because... I mean, they're kids. They're, my daughter they're talks school-age to kids. Time, so. Yeah. Well, this is with everything else that's going on. That's fair. And uh, apparently, her daughter was seen levitating several feet above her bed during the night. So this is all prior to like I anything that think we're... not. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Horrifying. Um, so LaToya definitely knew that something paranormal was going on with her and her family. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. um, but no one really believed her, unfortunately, That's right? So her children started getting sick, and they were missing a lot of days of school. Mm-hmm. So CPS got involved, mm-hmm. and so she was being investigated by Child Protective Services. They came to her house, and they're like, hey, are your kids sick? And she said, uh, yeah, they're possessed by demons. Oh. <laughs> so... The entire family then was brought to a hospital to have a psychiatric evaluation. As yep, I can see why they did that. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but during the psych evals, this actually makes me want to cry. Okay, well, hold on. Let me just. You gotta prepare yourself. Hold on, for let this. me just. Because this wasn't witness, like the people doing the evaluations witnessed this. Nurses witnessed this. Okay, there was okay. a room full of medical people. Okay. Her youngest son's eyes started rolling in the back of his head. Wait, yes! I have heard of this one. <laughs> yes! Okay, yeah, 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 okay. And he started growling. Yeah. And they all saw him walk backwards up the wall. I... <laughs> Look. I can't. Look, uh, kids... I can't. That's... Kids are terrifying. Defy gravity. And then a kid walking backwards? Up a wall. Up a wall? I'm dead. <laughs> I love how you're like standing up right now. <laughs> I'm also very cold. I'm shivering. I'm very normal. Do you want a blanket? No, I'm good. There's one right there. It's, I don't think it's actual body temperature problems. Okay. Well, it might help. Mm. Anyway, so she was deemed to not have any psychological issues. <laughs> but that kid on the other hand. Well, they they all kind of believe that, yeah, this is demonic possession. Like, no question. <laughs> this is not a psych- psychological thing. <laughs> Which a lot Shit of times I-, I think demon possession is psychological. Well, it that's is. How they it get in can and... be. It can be. But anyway. So, Father Michael Mag- Mag- Magnois. Don't know how to say his last name. They call <laughs> they call him Father Mike. Um, As was... one would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was called in to do an exorcism. Uh-huh. In the so, hospital? No, to the house. Okay. This was like, it's, it, you know, this takes, it's around the span of like. Because I feel like if something is that apparent, <laughs> it would be done immediately. You would think. <laughs> but I mean, things can't, because here's the thing. Not all priests are exorcists. No. So like you have to find a specific person and there's not a lot of them, especially in America. Because. You know, you kill somebody while the exorcism and you go to jail. The devil made me do it. Right. That's, yeah. He did get a lesser sentence, though, because he claimed that... What's his name? I forgot his name already. I did, too. Um, that was a real Ari? Name. Ari? Ar- Army. Army? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Ugh. So, he goes to visit LaToya, 
and um, they meet for four hours. And during this meeting, he places a crucifix on her forehead and she starts to convulse. And when he takes it away, she stops. So he's like, yeah, you're possessed. <laughs> so <laughs> he performs an exorcism on her um, with a blessed crucifix on her forehead, holy water. And then there's a rite that's read out. It's a Catholic exorcism. Um, apparently, there's two different parts of the rite. The first part, you're addressing the demon. The second part, you're addressing God. And mm-hmm. um, Father Mike, what? You're blinking. I'm blinking. Oh, darn it. Well, we'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so Father Mike explains that it can be said in English or it can be said in Latin, depending on the situation. Which is more effective. It depends. Every single demon is different. Okay. So it depends on the demon, right? Uh-huh. So he said um, in Latoya's case, it seemed to work better in Latin. So he stuck to Latin. Okay. And uh, he said no one else knew what he was saying. Okay. But he knew what he was saying. Well, right. Yeah. And he noticed that when he was addressing the demon, she would convulse and, you know, all that stuff. And when he was addressing God, she would be calm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this went on for a while. Eventually, Latoya fell asleep which I guess indicates that the demon has left her body. Does it? Yes. So why is the demon going to exit my daughter's body? Because <laughs> <laughs> let's not joke about your daughter being possessed. <laughs> Look, she's a gremlin, okay? Okay, that may be true. <laughs> but that is who she is. That's not... That's what some... I get for having a Latina Gemini. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Um, so after that, everything was kind of fine. Like there was never any incident, anything like that. So why did the kid crawl up the wall? The mom get exercised and then it's fine. Because it was one demon kind of jumping between all of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the story of Latoya, which is your regular Catholic exorcism. Okay. Which all exorcisms are very ritualistic. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And a lot well, of people... kind of have to be. Because obviously someone sat there and worked out. Well, there's power in ritual. Yeah. Right? And that's why it works. Because it's a ritual. <laughs> Stop. Why? You, you don't it have eyes in the squirrel. back of your head. I saw at the corner of my eye a whole thing walk and disappear. You and seeing your stuff, I can't handle today. Are you okay? I don't Am I know. Freaking Who knows? Out? No, not really. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, there's a lot worse that'll freak me out, trust me. Seeing things ain't that bad. Depends on what you see, I suppose. But <laughs> you thought I turned that way to see a squirrel? Because I saw a squirrel. Well, I don't know why you turned that way because you were facing the opposite direction. I was like, you do not have eyes in the back of your head. There's no way you saw something out there. I saw a corner of my eye. I saw okay. something. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's your regular generic possession and exorcism story. Okay. And uh, the other story I have is from a woman who lived in London, England. Okay. And she was a writer, 32-year-old Julie Buckley. She was just typing away on her computer one day writing the story. The name also sounds familiar. Well, you might know this one, too. Okay. Because this is an interesting one, I thought. It's very different from your regular... Because I feel like the Catholic exorcisms are very much what we see in the media. Oh, right. Because aren't most Catholic exorcisms one that, like, the movies are made out of? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not all of them because you have, well, because um, who is it? The who we talked about last time. Ed and Lorraine. Yeah, Ed and Lorraine Warren were Catholics, but here's the thing. I think a lot. Of, one of the reasons a lot of people were war- wary of them is because in the Catholic belief, only a priest is allowed to do exorcisms. Yeah. <laughs> like they have to get special permission by the priests. pope neither one of them were priests exactly they have to get special permission by the pope to perform exorcisms so 
it makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I didn't even think of that when we were talking about it. And then I was doing this. I was like, oh, yeah, duh. Well, I don't. I'm not Catholic. I know. So I don't even like know, you know? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. But I mean, realistically, I think anyone can perform an exorcism if they know what they're doing. You have to know what you're doing because you could very easily make things worse. <laughs> 100%. So don't, when I say anyone can do an exorcism, that's not what I mean. <laughs> Just because I say it doesn't mean you should do no. it. Okay? Yeah, correct. Correct. Do your research. Not to do an exorcism, but to find out who does exorcisms. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um. So anyway, Julie Buckley was typing away at her computer, writing her novel. And out of nowhere, she gets this really sharp pain on her right arm from her fingertips all the way through her neck. And she describes it like someone was shooting fireworks off all along her arm. Oh. Yeah. Like my left foot. Okay, your left foot does not feel like it's shooting fireworks. Like many ones. Like sparklers, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was like very sudden, very intense pain. Oh, okay. And she... So she said she went to, I think, three doctors and eight specialists. No one could figure out what was wrong. She got money paying for all her doctor visits. Well, she lives in England. Oh. I think they have a much better healthcare yeah, system. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so she, um, yeah, no one could figure out what was wrong, and the pain kept getting worse. Look. <laughs> she, it was like debilitating pain. Like she couldn't use her right arm at all. Oh, shit. Like it was really bad. And she lived with that for two years. Mm-hmm. Stop. How you can't tell me to stop? You, you tell them to stop. I don't like when you just stare off into the distance at something. Sorry. sorry. Especially when I can't see anything. I'm sorry. Anyway, Julie Buckley. Right. <laughs> she lives with this debilitating pain for two years before doing other research because medical ain't helping right so she starts to do research on she, her own she's lasted two i've been two months not eight, a month two weeks <laughs> two weeks well, she was probably thinking you know a lot of the stuff she tried a bunch of different stuff i'm that, sure like, she probably medical, tried like neurological right that doctors told her would you know work. chiropractors you know right the... yeah and doctors told her that this would work so that's yeah so she starts doing her own research into other things that might be able to help mm-hmm and she reads a book about voodoo. Yeah. And she's reading this book and is thinking, hey, voodoo priests are pretty knowledgeable about the spirit world and whatnot. And if anyone can think of an alternative way to help me, it's probably a voodoo priest. So she flies to Haiti <laughs> to meet with uh, Richard Morse who is a voodoo priest and he says his mom was a voodoo priest and his dad dates back his dad's family dates back to the puritans so he considers himself like a mix he says he's he does he does uh puritan voodoo Ooh, okay yeah it's really interesting so uh he brings julie buckley into this dark room it has a lot of weird stuff sitting around and she's a little nervous doesn't know what's going on i'd be nervous too yeah so she's sitting there and he just walks around her See, like don't this do that. <laughs> don't do that you need to say something to me yeah the microphone's dead i don't know when it died hopefully not that long ago it had i was just looking at it and it was blinking so okay it had probably just died yeah so so he starts walking around her and he stops behind her and starts feeling no. <laughs> i don't like you behind I'd be in Walmart. I I stayed to the side. People would come rushing up behind me. And I'm like, yo, bro, you can't just be rushing up on people. I don't like it. I don't like it. Well, this is what he does. So he comes up behind her and he starts kind of massaging her neck. And she, like, freaks out a little bit. Yeah. Because her neck is where the pain is, right? Like, it's yeah. from her neck all the way down to her fingertips. So she's kind of like freaking out a little bit. And he eventually says as he's like massaging her neck, 
that um, there's a demon the shape of a black cat who has attached itself to her. And she's like, okay. <laughs> so, how, so, we're, so, <laughs> we're bringing in voodoo. Yeah. We're bringing in pagan, which is mm-hmm. Wicca. Uh-huh. And we're bringing in black cat superstition. That's why this is an interesting story. Uh, okay. So, he kind of just starts, like, you know, lightly scratching her back and massaging her neck and all that stuff, and I then he. Got long fingernails too. Maybe, maybe. I don't know why that makes me think he just has like long fingernails. It's a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he kind of like grabs oh, at her back. Don't grab me. And he grabs something that she can't see, pulls it off of her, and kind of discards it. And he says, "Yep, you should be fine now." So he okay, literally no. like went in and grabbed it. He said he got rid of it. I don't know what he did if he, he threw it into... It. Well, I don't think he just tossed it. I mean, he kind of walked away with it. So I think he, like, put it somewhere in a jar or something. I don't know. So she... It, it takes her all the way till she gets to the airport and starts drinking coffee before she, like, suddenly realizes she is no longer in pain. She said it had been three years of her life when she had been in constant pain. And she was like, I... There's nothing... I feel that, though. Because yeah. when I had to have surgery on my, I had surgery on my big toe twice. Okay. Because I had a bone spur. Yeah. Growing up out of my toe. Which huh. If you don't know what a bone spur is, it's literally when you have extra growth hormone, a growth cell Your somewhere. bones move, no. grow where they're not supposed to grow. Yeah. And so I had extra growing cells and it literally, my toe was like this, the bone came up like this. No one can see out that. Of, no one can see it. <laughs> Her like, bone was in the wrong spot. It, it was, was growing like, opposite. Uh, extra piece that shouldn't have been yeah. there. It was going up and out of my flesh. Oh. And it literally hurt. And we all just thought it was like hangnails and like ingrown toenails from okay. dancing. Okay. And so I find, my mom finally took me to a podiatrist. He's all like, that is the biggest bone spur I have seen in my 40-year career. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that sounds terrible. So it was two, it, it was two years of yeah. dancing, competitive dancing. Yeah. Wearing shoes that are, are uh, tight. Uh, having to, I could, when I was practicing tap dancing. Oh, gosh. I had to keep taking my shoe off. Yeah. After every time we were done doing the dance, I took my shoe off and had let it breathe. So yeah. So I can understand the pain of, like, when it, I had the surgery and, mm-hmm. like, it was fine. Yeah. And then it, like... Yeah, all of a sudden, just you, like, gone. You don't realize, like, oh, I'm not limping. Well, it's not going to hurt to walk anymore. Yeah. Like, walking on it, dancing on it. It's like I understand It is a bizarre that. feeling when your body works how it's supposed to all of a sudden. <laughs> my, my knee has been killing me to walk anywhere for the past two months now. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not going to the doctor. Yeah. I don't want to know, to be honest. Fair That's enough. not good. Fair enough. <laughs> but those are the two exorcism stories that I have. That's crazy, though. Right? I like them because they're both very different. They're, they're very, very different, different accounts of possession and very different accounts of exorcisms. Yeah. I don't know. That whole... If, you have, if you're just finding us now, go look back at um, The Devil's Academy. Oh, yeah. That's a mass cool. possession at its finest. That's horrifying. That one's horrifying. The students yeah. go crazy. People... It's all bad. Santa Clara, Santa, Santa Clara, Santa Clara, Santa Clara. That's not it. Santa. No, why can't I remember what the heck they were doing? Santeria. 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 Oh, wow. It got there. Okay. In Christianity, exorcism is a is the practice of casting out or getting rid of a demon. In Christian practice, the person performing the exorcism, known as an exorcist, is often a member of the Christian church and or an individual thought to be graced with special powers or skills. The exorcists may use prayer and religious materials such as set formula. formula. Why does it look weird? Gestures, symbols, and sacred images and sacred metals, etc. Certain Christian 
I have a speech impediment, guys. Thank you. <laughs> have held that the wearing of a head covering by Christian females confers. 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 See, I my O's and my A's don't ever go right when I'm trying <laughs> to spell I'm trying to pronounce something. Protect against fallen angels. Oh, that's why nuns cover Oh, is that a Muslim too? It's just now clicking in my head. <laughs> wow. Which they uh teach at our reference in First Corinthians eleven thirty through ten. Eleven three to ten. The exorcist often invokes God. Jesus are several different angels and anarch and anarch angels. And archangel. <laughs> anarch. <laughs> Y'all, I can't see straight. To <laughs> intervene with the exorcism. Protestant Christians exorcists mostly commonly believe the authority given to them by the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, is the sole source of their ability to cast out demons. In general, people considered to be possessed are not regarded as evil in themselves, nor responsible for their actions because possession is considered to be unwilling manipulation by a demon resulting in harm to self. Chill out. Candle. Damn. It's like kind of going crazy a little bit. <laughs> Uh, therefore, uh, practitioners regard exorcism as more of a cure than a punishment. The mainstream rituals usually take into take this into account, making sure that there is no violence to the possessed, only that they be tied down if there is potential for violence. Requested and performed exorcisms began to decline in the United States by the 18th century and occurred rarely until the later half of the 20th century when the public saw a sharp rise due to the media attention exorcisms were getting more than a 50 percent increase in the number of exorcisms performed between the early 1960s and the mid 1970s so there's i forgot who where i heard this from but there was something someone said that exorcists the people themselves almost died out in the catholic church i think this was the guy that was talking about so i was watching this video of this catholic priest talking about demons and i think it was in that video that he said they almost died out because there was such a um <laughs> you're fine <laughs> my light was bothering me okay that's fair um <laughs> I forgot what I was saying now. Cool. The exorcists, whatever, were dying out due to... Oh, so there was this huge, like, uprise in our knowledge of psychology. Yeah. And therefore, this idea of demon possession and even just the existence of demons was kind of thought as schizophrenia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there was this whole, like, downtick of... Because there Exorcist, probably were because... some people who were just schizophrenic. Right. Instead, you know, instead Well, and of you do have possessed. to rule all of this out, too, is this guy uh, that I was listening to is an exorcist, and he was saying there's a lot of, t like, tricks that we do that the person sitting there would not be aware that we're doing to test to see if it is a real demonic possession or, or a medical, just, yeah. psychological condition. Because... They're not the same. <laughs> well, at least they do that. They can look the same, but they're not the same. At least they figured that out and they yeah. do that. Cause... Like one of them he said is they will set down a glass of holy water if they're thirsty and have them drink it. And he says that they're possessed is just coming right back up. Mm. I'm like, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Right? Shit. Right? All right. Catholicism. Well, these are the classic exorcisms. The, yeah, this is the classic <laughs> one. In Catholicism, in Catholicism, exorcisms, those two should never be right next to each other. Catholicism, exorcisms. <laughs> Just call it Catholic exorcisms. There you go. Yeah. Are performed in the name of Jesus Christ. There mm -hmm. is a distinction between major exorcisms and minor exorcisms. Minor exorcisms are included in some blessings so... in which priests create... 
this priest that I was listening to the other day was saying that confession is a form of minor exorcism. Really? Yeah. Oh. I'm like, that's interesting. You know, when I was younger, I've always wanted, I wanted to go to confession so bad because I wanted to sit it's in the, the room. It's the most uncomfortable thing. Listen, one of the... one of, I just wanted to see it. <laughs> well, and one of the times when I was younger where I started to question the Catholic religion uh-huh. is when I had to go to confession and they handed out lists of... Like a piece of paper that had a list of things you could confess if you couldn't think of like anything, you know, to confess, they were giving out sheets of paper. Did you list have to confess when you go to confession? Yeah, you can't just be there. I'm a perfect well, angel. Didn't you, do anything. Well, can't you like choose like not to go? In most, so I've only done confession twice. I'm gonna be real honest. One was my first confession, mm-hmm. which you have to take a bunch of classes before you do, and then you do it. <laughs> okay. And then the second time was for a retreat that I had to do to get confirmed. And you do not get a choice for those things. So I believe I was 12 years old when I did my first confession. I think that's how old I was. So you're in an awkward stage in your life already. Oh, yeah. You're becoming a woman. Yeah. And then you have to go into a, a dark room. So it's, a, it's like a booth. Booth. Still, small spaces. I think the media does confession pretty pretty right it's a little tiny little like literally all one person fits in there and then there's a screen on the side that you can't see through but the priest is on the other side and he can see you i don't (laughs) like it we're already awkward and you have to sit down we're going through lovely middle school which is awful it was horrifying my first confession and now you're in this dark little booth you can't see them but they can see you yeah i you might be able to see like a little bit of them depending on how the screen is but like it's kind of hard to see you know there's someone there because people go there oh yeah it's like it's a regular thing you sit down and you have to the first you you have to start it you have to say forgive me father for i have sinned and then he's on the other side he goes all right what'd you do I mean, he has specific words, I think, that he says. Do you remember but... that what you confessed to? No. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. I think I've made stuff up. Because, like, who... <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I was going to say, like, one of the first times I questioned the Catholic religion is the sheet of paper that they gave us. One of the things on the sheet of paper was reading your horoscope. And I'm sitting there being like, huh? <laughs> that is yes, not a sin. <laughs> I read my horoscope. <laughs> Yes, it was. I read it in accurate. Seventeen magazine every month. Thank you very much. Literally, but I thought was. I was an Aquarius, so you know. <laughs> Wait, what? I thought I was an Aquarius. I'm right on the cusp. Oh, that's right, you are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. I think I've got some Aquarian energy. I'm not gonna lie. Wait, your birthday's the twentieth, January twentieth. A lot of places will say that I'm Aquarius. Some yeah, places because... will say that I'm Capricorn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, I like Aquarians, though. I like Aquarians, There's some real good people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, anyways. But. But, yeah. What did you just do? I don't know. You're making me a little bit nervous today, not going to lie. <laughs> Why am I making you nervous, bro? Because there just seems to be a lot going on. <laughs> and there's a lot going on with me. I can't handle a lot going on with someone else. <laughs> I told you, things have been... <laughs> but, hey, don't, don't be nervous. Okay. I'm cool. Am I nervous? No. Okay, then. Why and I don't know if it's really nervous. It's just, it's a lot of energy that I don't know what to do with look into it dive deeper into it <laughs> i ignore my emotions i don't dive deep into yeah, them <laughs> yeah i've been trying to do that more recently just because i have been very overwhelmed but you know hey i feel that yeah i've been overwhelmed too <laughs> yeah that's actually a capricorn trait is feeling overwhelmed and doing nothing about it and just continuing and adding more to your plate yeah and i'm just like oh i feel attacked <laughs> Don't attack me. <laughs> um, we're gonna look at a scientific view. Ooh, this will be interesting. Mm. 
I'm sure it's very psychologying. That's not a word. Didn't even make sense. Is your battery dying? I couldn't tell if it was me seeing my piercings gem yeah. out the corner of my eye or if it was this. Okay, I'll keep an eye on okay. it. Um, a demonic uh, possession is not psychiatric or medical diagnosis recognized by either of the DSM-5 or the ICD-10. Those who profess a belief in demonic possession have sometimes ascribed a possession the symptoms associated with physical or mental illness such as hysteria, mania, psychosis, Tourette syndrome, epilepsy, schizophrenia, or dissociative identity disorder. Additionally, there is a form of monomania. Sure. Or uh, called demon demon. Is that demonomania just like or path Okay, sure. In which the patient believes that they are possessed by one or more demons. The illusion that exorcisms work on people experiencing symptoms of possession is attributed by some to be placebo effect and the power of suggestion. In, case, in some cases suggests that supposedly possessed, possessed persons are actually narcissists. Wow. <laughs> or have low self-esteem and act demonically possessed in order to gain attention. Within the scientific community, the work of psychiatri- uh, psychiatrist M. Scott Peck, a believer in exorcisms, generated significant debate and desertion. Much was made of his association with and uh, association with the controversial Malachi Martin and Roman Catholic priest and former Jesuit? Jesuit. Jesuit. Despite the fact that Peck consistently called Martin a liar and a manipulator, other other criticisms leveled against Peck, including claims that he had transgressed the boundaries of professional ethics by attempting to persuade his patients to accept Christianity. Hmm. So, (laughs) I do think there is a psychological aspect to it, but I don't think it's all psychological. Right. Like, I do think holding on to trauma is kind of like a beacon for demons. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, so in that, like, that's kind of the sense where I see, like, the psychological aspect of it. Like, if you do not take care of your mental health, you're going to leave yourself well, more vulnerable three, to that kind of thing. What were the three things you talked about? That are possession. Um, oppression. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, oppression. Um, oh, what was that? Oh, my gosh. It's literally right there, too. All I can think of is oppression. <laughs> and then acceptance or something. Acceptance? Not acceptance, but like... Well, because it's all like a free will thing, right? Yeah. So there's some part of you that has to allow it. Yeah. Which is a, a psychological thing, right? Yeah. And you get tired of... And like you may unconsciously fighting. allow it. Yeah. Like it's... It doesn't have to be a conscious decision. Not at all. That's why I think it's important to be aware of your unconscious, which is really difficult to do. Yeah, not really. <laughs> sure at all. Nope. I'm, I try to be. Um, exorcisms and mental illness. One scholar has described psychosurgery as a near, huh. neurosurgical exorcism. Is this like a lobotomy? Was, I don't know. When trepidation has been widely used to release demons from the brain. Meanwhile, other scholars have has equated psychotherapy with exorcisms. Mm. Well, see, this gets into what are demons. Because if... Fallen angels. Yes, but this is kind of getting into, like, what... 
Because, like, if mental illness is a direct cause of mm-hmm. a demon, then, yeah, psychotherapy could be an exorcism. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it makes sense. Right. Yeah. Like, I can see truth to that. I think it's all the same. I think we just all look at it differently. I think it, dif- you know, depends on your religious beliefs. That's what I mean. It's all the same, so, but depending on what you believe, you're going to look at it differently. I... <laughs> oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Okay. Fair <laughs> In the UK, the numbers of exorcisms performed were increasing. As of 2017, a, uh, a Church of England think tank, Fios, Stated that the exorcisms mostly took place in a in a Pentecostal church. Uh, most of uh, in Pentecostal churches and also among communities of West African origin. Frequently, the people exercised were people with mental health problems who often stopped taking their medication in response to the exorcism. The report described the exorcism as a well-meaning initiative. With the potential of serious harm, with the risk of cons- of constri- uh, consist physiological abuse. Okay, words are hard today. People. Yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> words are hard in general. Listen, the English language is really dumb. Anyway, continue. Now we're gonna talk about some notable exorcisms. Okay. Um, fifteen seventy eight, Martha. Grossier was a young woman who was made infamous around the year of 1578 for her fiend uh, demonic possession discovered through exorcism proceedings. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) I'm only going slightly into these because I probably am going to go deeper into them later on when the veil's a little more thick. Uh huh. Nineteen sixteen. They have some names back in the day. Oh yes, Madison Love that way. Elizabeth D. Ranfin. Okay. Is she French? Mademoiselle. Yeah. So was she a, a Mademoiselle, and that wasn't her first name; that was her title. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, who was becoming a widow in 1617 was later sought in marriage by a physician. Afterwards burned under, under judicial sentence for being a practicing magician. Oh, mm. After being rejected, he gave her potions to make her love him. Oh, okay, dude. Which occasioned, which occasioned strange developments in her health and proceeded to cut continuously give her some other forms of medicine met, um which she had were in, were incurable and the various physicians that attended her and eventually led to a resource of exorcisms are prescribed by several physicians that explained her case they began to exercise from September 1916 during exorcisms the demon that possessed her perpetually made detailed and fluid responses in varying languages, including French, Greek, Latin, Hebrew, and Italian, and was able to know and recite the thoughts and sins of various individuals who examined her. She was further also perpetrated to describe in detail with the use of various languages and rites and secrets of the church to accept in the languages this uh, she spoke there was even a mention of how the demon interrupted the exorcism who after making a mistake in the re- <laughs> in the reciting of the exorcism right in latin corrected his speech and mocked him <laughs> Well, and then it just and then it says seventy seventy eight George Luckins. I've heard that name before. That's it. Oh, okay. They don't go in the detail. Sure. George Sweet. Luckins. I've definitely heard that name before. The though. name sounds familiar. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. Well, this one. Yep. 
Don't mind me. <laughs> um, this one, 1842 to 1844. Um, Joanna Blum, Blumberg, Blumhart. Okay. Hart, I don't know. Performed the exorcism of always oh, are German names. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Um, of Gotti Love Gotti Liebing. Okay. Didis. Yeah. Over a two year period in Germany. Okay. From 1842 to 1844. Two years, man. Pastor Blumhart. Paris subsequently experiencing growth marks by confession and healing which he attributed to the successful exorcism um okay I don't know cool how I feel for that one yeah clara germani seal was a, a a south african schoolgirl who claimed to be possessed okay in she, 19 in 1906 so she claimed to be possessed was she actually possessed Sorry, my whole leg is like... Oh, are you good? Are you tingling again? No, it's like... It's like asleep, but like... You know oh. when it's asleep, but it hurts? So it's not like... I don't know how to describe it. Okay, yeah. I think I can, I think I can pick up what yeah. you're down. Yeah, so I'm just trying to get some blood flow to it. <laughs> so we're going to skip off you and come to 1949. A boy identified as Robbie... Manham was a subject of an exorcism in 1949, which became the chief inspiration for The Exorcist. Ooh, I've never seen that movie. A horror novel and film written by William Peter Blanty. Who... Wait, isn't it that a, a girl, though, that is possessed in that movie? I've never seen it. Uh... But I have a very clear image of this Girl in a bed with her head spinning I'm around. Sure, it was a girl. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. So maybe it's just based off of yeah, loosely based. <laughs> yeah, um, who uh, who heard the heard about the case while he was a student in the class of 1950 at Georgetown University? Yes, I remember hearing about him about this whole thing. I watched an interview. With okay. Um, Robbie was taken into the care of Reverend Luth. Luther Miles Schultz, the boy's Lutheran pastor, after psychiatric and medical doctors were unable to explain the disturbing events associated with the teen. The minister then referred the boy to Reverend Edward Hughes, who performed the first exorcism on the teen. The subsequent exorcism was partially performed in both Cottage Grove, Maryland and Bellinor, Missouri, by Father William S. Boner, bond, Bodiger, <laughs> Bodiger, Bow. This last name is awful. Okay, yep. <laughs> SJ Father B. Raymond Bishop and SJ. Wait, SJ Father Raymond Bishop SJ, and then Jes Jesuit scholar uh, Walter Harold. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the movie is it's a little girl, not a teenage boy. Yeah, I think it's a teenage girl. It might be a little little girl. It might be a little girl. I think it was a little girl. I don't know. I've never seen it. I've seen that one tiny little clip of her walking up the stairs, and it's just comical. With doing, like, the crab walk Uh, up the stairs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that one is. (laughs) I mean, if that actually happened in real life, though, I would cry and run the other way. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Bye. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Annalise Michael... Do you know about this one? I don't think I do. Um, was a Catholic woman from Germany who was said to be possessed by six or more demons and subsequently underwent a secret 10-month-long voluntary exorcism. Two motion pictures. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I was going to say, is it The Exorcism of Emily Rose? And Requiem. Requiem. Are loosely based off Annalise's story. The documentary movie Exorcism of... Annalise Michael, in Polish with English subtitles, features the original audio tapes from the exorcism. The two priests and her parents were convicted for neglect and manslaughter for failing to call a medical doctor to address her eating disorder as she died weighing only 68 pounds. 
The case has been labeled a misidentification of mental illness, neglect, neglectance, abuse, and religious hysteria. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Bobby Jindal, former governor of Louisiana, wrote an <laughs> essay in 1944 Listen. about his personal experience of performing an exorcism on an oh. inmate friend named Susan. I was going to say, I would not be surprised if most politicians are possessed. Oh, gosh, dude. Ooh. Mother Teresa allegedly underwent an exorcism late in her life under the discretion of the Archbishop of Calcutta. Sure. Henry D. Souza. After he noticed she seemed to be extremely agitated in her sleep and feared she might be under attack of the evil one. Interesting. 2005. Tanku exorcism is a, uh, is a case in which a mentally ill Romanian nun was killed during an exorcism by priest Daniel Petri Corginu. The case inspired the motion picture Beyond the Hills and the Crucifixion. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. There's definitely a fascination, I think, in our society with exorcisms. Just look at all the movies. Exactly. <laughs> and another one's coming out. Oh, yeah. October 6th. Oh, yeah. I'm, I've never seen any of those movies, to They're be honest. They're very jarring. Why do you think I've never seen them? <laughs> <laughs> They're very jarring, but yet also very, uh, I don't know, educational to me at the same time. Not really educational, but like. No, I get that. Yeah. I don't know, it's worth fascination. No, it's definitely interesting researching things you're terrified of. Cause it... I didn't see anything there. I just thought I saw some sunlight coming up. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Yeah, this has, has been an interesting day. <laughs> I've never seen so much things. And it's at the and just like sit here and see it like form I've... and disappear in front of me. It's been kind of cool. I bet. I've never seen a shadow person. I'm not scared, which is... That's good. Odd. Like I said, there's I've never been scared in this house. Good. I've definitely felt some things in here, but I don't think this house is specifically haunted. I feel it. Yeah, you don't think this house is haunted? You think just things come and go? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yep. You didn't believe me before. I didn't believe a lot of things before. That's true. <laughs> well, it's been fun. It's been real fun. We got three more days left of 13 days of Halloween. It's almost Halloween. Oh, oh. I'm excited. Me too. Party, party. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. You all right there? Oh, my God. That stretch really got me. Oof. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess that's it for today. Peace out. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.